Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Fright Nights. Being in the woods alone, in the dark, can be a very unpleasant experience. However, realizing that you may not be alone can be even more frightening. In this episode, we will dive into three true woodland horror stories. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Feel free to find me on Instagram and DM stories or requests, and my email will be available in the description. So, sit back, turn the lights off, and don't look behind you. What's in the woods? To start off, I work as a camp counselor during the summer. Last year, or summer, I had always heard of this outtripping area that was three creek crossings downstream from where we would always hang out or take campers to cool off on a hot summer's day. This outtripping spot was pretty famous due to a supposed abandoned meth lab trailer with an old porcelain bathtub pretty close by with some burnt up clothes inside of it. About a five minute hike deeper into the woods, there's an old tag-along trailer covered in bullet holes. It just screams meth lab. Now, as the adventurous person I am, I had been meaning to go and explore this area since my last summer, which unfortunately didn't happen. Though different events occurred last summer, which I'll explain later, nothing of this helped with the adventure I had always been meaning to go on, that is, up until this summer. I've just created a reddit now, and today in hope of receiving help, or maybe even some answers. I was also thinking of the dark web, but I'm hoping I can use reddit before needing to use anything as deep as that. I don't know much. I only have so much experience in life, mostly filled with curiosity. Please bear with me. I'll try my best to explain the list of occurrences I've experienced in the simplest way possible. I apologize if this thread becomes long and boring to read. All I ask is if anyone has any ideas or can help with advice, or maybe even some answers, I'm open to anything that'll provide any insight. Let me explain some minor things first. The camp is based off an old abandoned ranger station deep in the woods, and I don't want to expose too much about the camp and make obvious of its location, so I won't say much. The old ranger supposedly died in the station over a hundred years ago and now haunts the camp. Although he's considered to be friendly, and sometimes just likes having his presence known, he protects the camp as any forest ranger nowadays would. There's official papers confirming this ranger was real, or so I've been told. I've never seen them. Our camp director is very spiritual. They've smudged just about everywhere possible and have brought countless priests bless the camp. They worked very hard to get the camp to the level of safety it's at now. They have my respect. Every week, we have an opening and closing campfire. This place is sacred, and one of the most special areas of camp that emits nothing but safe energy. It feels like an air bubble or dome of safety. This is important later. Last summer, me being stupid, me and three others played with a Ouija board. It took a while, but something eventually got through to us. It said stuff like it wanted to kill one of the boys playing on the Ouija board with us. We were safe because it couldn't come on to camp, it would mostly only respond to me. When asked if it liked me, it responded with 666, 
I still don't understand what that means. Across the camp is an area, I'll give it a nickname. Again, not to expose the location. And we'll call it Grassland Grove Road. Over the years, stories have built up about the Grassland Ghost, which starts with the man who hiked the area of grasslands before there were trails set in place. The hiker had gotten lost off-road and eventually died. Because this was such a lonely and terrible death, its ghost is very angry and upset and miserable and gives off bad energy. Now, of course, when people go off into the woods at night for fun or for out trips and freaky stuff happens, a lot of it gets blamed on the grassland ghost. It could just be animals and creaky trees making noises and your mind playing tricks on you because, again, no one knows what's out in the deep dark woods. But others say it is the grassland ghost and it likes to feed off of your nervous and scared energy. I personally believe the latter due to my own experiences. Now time for the real story. About midway through the summer, I was working in the kitchen with one of my good friends. This week, somewhere in the middle, we finished washing the dishes from the earlier lunchtime meal and had about three hours to kill before we had to go back at four to start prep for dinner. Then, an idea popped into my head. I asked my friend if they wanted to go to the famous meth lab out-tripping spot as I had mentioned earlier in this story. They agreed, however, neither of us knew how to get there. No one ever visited the spot anymore due to a government weather station and oil pipeline placed up nearby, and also due to its generalized creepiness. However, I had been told directions by the older workers who had been there many years ago. I was warned not to go. Due to my curiosity, I didn't care. I did get scared very easily, but that didn't stop me, as I've always been intrigued by paranormal or abandoned stuff. So, we grabbed some bear spray, a backpack, or water bottles, and set off down towards the everyday used creek. Three creek crossings later, we were a little lost. I was looking for the pathway for this place until I finally spotted it not too far away. We hiked up to the old path and made our way through the trees. Next, we came into a clearing that looked like it had been used to drive through with a truck many, many years ago. Or maybe not too long ago, I'm not sure. All I could tell was that it wasn't in recent use. We kept trekking on and found the government weather station through the field. The truck tracks kept going and I knew this was the right way. At the end of the field, the tree started up again and grew up in front of the trucked pathway. There's no way a vehicle had been able to go past through this area since the trees were blocking it out. It was at this area that things began to get creepy and eerie. Things became silent, the grass taller, and the barbed wire fence next to us, old and out of use. At least we think. My friend had been playing music through their speaker to help with the journey to keep our spirits up. We kept walking down the path. The best way I could describe it, looks-wise, is when there's electrical towers that run through the woods and all the trees have been cleared up in a straight line and pathway, if that makes sense. But this was smaller and closer together, just slightly bigger than the width of a truck. Throughout this certain part of the walk, it was very offsetting and only got worse as we got deeper into the bush. The only energy I got from this was something bad, but, us being stupid teens, we pushed on. 
We reached the end of the trekking pathway and came to what I would call an extremely small ridge. Almost nearly in front of you, the pathway continued downwards, though it was not extremely obvious to see. If you look to your right, another pathway started to go off that way. I walked up closer to the ridge to get a nice view. It was here I noticed something extremely old, patches of a blue ground tarp. Looking around, we saw chopped up wood pieces in a clearing. My friend just wanted to head back to the camp, and being a bit nervous, stayed put about ten feet behind me. In this clearing was a very obvious fire pit with charcoal and large stones all around it. I touched the pit and could tell it had been used not too long ago, maybe at least within the past week. Unfortunately, my friend and I were running out of time to explore, and we had to turn around and head back for our kitchen duties. As we stepped back into camp and finally felt safe, my friend told me something eerie. When we reached the eerie part of the pathway, just after the field, they heard a man's voice yelling or calling out after us, or whatever you want to call it. They just ignored it and turned our music up. I didn't hear anything. However, I was not content with this search. I needed more answers and vowed to return later that night. Nighttime fell, and all the campers were asleep, and it was now, technically, the camp workers' free time except for those monitoring their kids. Now, the woods are much scarier at night and we wanted to bring more people this time. Not a big group, not a small group, just enough for an adventure. Four people seemed like a good number. We invited another person working in the kitchen with us, as well as someone who had kids this week. I trusted this boy very much, and despite his young age, he'd been around a bit more in life than the rest of us had. After telling the two new people about our earlier adventure, and how we hadn't found much else, we set off in search of finding whatever was beyond where we stopped. We continued back to where the new pathways split up. The one going downwards was not prominent and obvious at the time, so we went and headed off on the pathway that went right. The pathway got smaller and smaller as we kept going. Off to the side were many old set-up shelter bases called lean-tos. Just the bases as in the skeleton or frame, many of them. We kept going, thinking we were on the right path. It wasn't as eerie as the start of the pathway, by the field, but it was still eerie. The pathway eventually led to a dead end, as it just turned into something that looked like a game trail that literally disappeared. We turned around and headed back to the start, as in where the old fireplace was and where the pathways forked. We went down the not-so-obvious downwards pathway, and that led us to success. After five minutes of walking through some broken trees that gave off Blair Witch vibes, we finally reached the tag along trailer and got excited due to our success and approached it to explore. It was quite old and had been completely obliterated with bullet holes. The exit holes were huge on the other side and had a literal gun practice target sheet taped to it. Makes you wonder how it got there, why, and how. On the inside was one of those grey foldable tables that you'd find at a party to play cup pong on. Easing up our tension we also found a little frog, irrelevant. Thinking we hadn't found the bathtub and meth lab yet, we continued on. We went around fallen trees and crossed a small creek and found a prominent but extremely old looking dirt trail past this. After about ten steps on this path, we looked at our clock and it was 10pm, 
Though we had until 11 to explore, we decided to be safe and turn around and head back to the camp before it got super dark, as none of us wanted to be out in the woods that late at night with whatever was out here. That was the farthest I've ever been out. I didn't go back to that certain point ever again. Nothing exactly scary happened on this trip, but it was good to explore. During the summer, there's eight weeks that a camper can come. This occurred during week four, the last week of July. We're going to fast forward to week eight, the last week of summer. Since then, I had been curious of that spot and what lied beyond it. I didn't receive another chance to go back as the days began to get darker and the night set on earlier and most people refused to go to that spot due to its bad energy. It wasn't until week eight when I returned. This week, I was back in the kitchen in the middle of the week. The three other kitchen members and I were out at the creek chilling during the day, swimming and salamandering downstream with some kids-sized life jackets on, just messing around, cooling off, enjoying life. We eventually floated down three creek crossings downstream, until the final spot you'd have to cross to get to that wretched meth lab pit. Now this was the edge of the forest, or the park's forest. It was fenced off beyond this. The four of us were just chilling on the rocks by the water when I was looking around and observing the area. If you were facing the creek downstream, the outripping spot to hike off to was to your right. I looked up beyond the hill that was on the left and noticed a clearing on the trees when suddenly a thought popped in my mind. Could this have been the road the trailer got off of from the main road to get to this odd spot? Everything lined up. One of the others and I got up and went to explore, ducking beneath the fence. The other two stayed and were still chilling. Now, what happened here, I'm still trying to explain. I'm still trying to wrap what happened around my mind. The best way I could describe this would be that I entered a time warp, or maybe a twilight zone. I'll explain it the best way as I can. The two of us got near the road. I wanted answers, especially from last adventure, and needed to piece all the knowledge and evidence I had in my mind. We both were at the bottom of the road before it reached the shallow creek water. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it was the call of the void. I was so curious for answers. The urge to explore overcame me, and I ran up this loose gravel road, hill, or whatever you want to call it, while my friend simply just walked up. I ran ahead of her, past where she could have seen me. At the top, there was a pathway that seemed to have come from nowhere that led to nowhere. But I was right. The secret road came off of the main road. I didn't have enough time to dig deeper, and turned around. I had heard my friend call my name once before. She seemed far away and just coming up to the middle of the road. I answered and she didn't answer back. Thinking we were leaving, as it was time to go, I traveled back down the road to see the other two who were just chilling, beginning to pack up and leave back towards the camp. I yelled over to them if my friend was with them, which they didn't respond. They couldn't hear me. Thinking she was over there, I began to walk back. Way behind me, I heard yelling, but I couldn't make out what they were saying. I yelled back and got no answer. Still, I was facing the road that was a few feet in front of me and saw my friend come down the road, thinking I had been hiding and pranking her. I had not. I was confused and so was she. She told me that she went
went up to the road and I'd called my name about three times and heard no answer. She heard me call out the first time and continued up the pathway to see if I was up there, but I was gone. Only a few seconds later, she heard me calling her name again, but this time I was in a much different location at the bottom of the road. She had thought I left her to head back. Now, here's what I think happened. I think we entered something dimensional that warped time. This may not sound offsetting, but if you think about it, we would have seen each other as she was coming up to look for me, and as I was heading back down to leave. We both felt like we were there for an hour, when it had really only been five minutes. Both of us swear we weren't pranking each other, and I believe her. I don't know what happened here, and I apologize if this explanation didn't make sense, as she explains it much better than I do, but we entered some kind of twilight zone. I still don't know what to call it. We went back and talked to some of the older staff about it, and they agreed it was off-putting. No one thought we were making up lies. The next night, I brought a group of people to head over to the out-tripping spot, as this was our last week and last chance to do so. The only one who I had gone with before was the boy, so I just felt the need that he should be brought along. For the most part, it was a group of seven who mostly just wanted to mess around. We hiked over the offsetting path beyond the field and began yelling and screaming songs to ease up tension. You know, dumb things like Queen and the Canadian National Anthem. One of the people who came with us had experienced this outtripping spot when it was still in use. We'll call him Jay. We come to the fork in the pathways, and the experienced one stopped in his tracks. By the fireplace was where the old meth lab should have been, but it was just gone. Where did it, and where could it have disappeared to? We still don't know. It was too dark, and we didn't have enough time to continue exploring, so we turned back on this eerie path. Perhaps one of the dumbest decision makers of the group ran off ahead making scary noises, or animal noises, or whatever, to hide and scare us. He did just that when we all caught up to him, but just then, the fence directly beside me made multiple noises, and the one that went ahead to scare us saw something of four-foot stature jump on the fence and run off into the woods. Perhaps it was a deer, but considering that I was sensing bad energy from it, I think otherwise. I caught it on video, the noise, not whatever it was that ran off. I had vlogged all the experiences I had every time I went to explore this area. I got back to the camp pretty freaked out. Needless to say, we weren't going back anytime soon. This was a Wednesday night. The Friday was our last night at camp. While meal prepping for the last dinner, one of the senior staff girls walked into the kitchen. She was pretty spiritual and said that she felt the urge to come into the kitchen to help. I asked her about the Twilight Zone experience to see if she could shine any light onto the situation. She told me it was funny I asked us, as she had been having her own spiritual situations. After a big discussion about the whole summer and our experiences, she told me she sensed I was spiritual. There's no way to describe this other than being able to sense if people or things have good or bad energy. Like I said earlier, I was the only one who had sensed the bad energy at the outtripping spot. Another senior staff came in, and she too was pretty spiritual. She said the last time she was in that area, not by the actual outtripping spot, but at the point where you would have had to cross Creek 3, she sensed something was wrong. 
and had all the kids make their tarps face away from the direction of the old meth bus outtripping spot. This happened to have been on the night I was playing with the Ouija board the past summer. After this chat, I felt the need to go up to the spatial campfire spot to think about life and be engulfed with good energy. Once up there, I found Jay creating the firewood pile that would be used for the night's closing campfire. I agreed and went to find some sticks. Don't ask me why, but I felt the urge to take off my shoes. The forest was pretty soft with moss, and if you walked carefully, you wouldn't get hurt. I went up and grabbed some sticks near the hill where it went up and saw a somewhat mini pathway. I followed it and kept losing it at some points, but it eventually led to a normal pathway. Nothing like a dirt pathway, but when you walk through tall grass for a while with, with long people and it creates a trail, something like that. I kept following it until it got to be the very top of the steep hill and followed it until it led to a clearing. The pathway kept going beyond this, and I know for a fact it wasn't used for a really long time. And I had no idea where it went or led to, but I had the urge to stop there and I yelled out asking for answers, saying I was here and if life wanted to tell me something, now was its chance. I sat down and nothing happened. A few minutes passed so I got up and started to return. Heading back down was painful as there were sticks digging into my feet that I somehow didn't feel the first time. I felt not like I was being followed, but as if something was there in my presence. Still not sure what I found, but old blue electrical wire in the ground and tried to pull it up. I don't know how it got there considering we're in the middle of the woods with nothing around us except a hiking trail loop. I gave up and went back down and back to the camp for dinner, and this is where the story ends. Nothing else happened after this. I still feel the need to get answers. We deep cleaned the camp the next day after all campers went home, and I drove off with three others to drop them off at their homes. As I drove by where the secret meth lab road turnoff area, I experienced the time warp. I said out loud that something bad was going to happen. I just got more uneasy and felt bad vibes as I got closer to it, but once we passed it, everything felt fine. I had been told before that those who seek will not find, so perhaps that's why I never got the answers while exploring the pathway beyond the campfire. Suspicious Camper In 2016, my boyfriend, now my husband, and I went camping in eastern Pennsylvania. The place we decided to stop for the night was primitive. Camping was free, no cell service, barely a road, etc. We did encounter two other people. They may not factor into what happened later at all, but they were creepy, so I'll describe them. The first was a woman who had her truck off to the side of the road, a little as we drove past. She had the hood open and seemed to be waiting for someone to stop by and offer to help. Usually my boyfriend had no problem helping someone, but he said that something about her put him off. She didn't really seem like she needed help, and usually people who need help look at you hopefully as you approach. She looked like she just expected we would stop. That's what my boyfriend said anyway. I hadn't really noticed anything that strange about her. The next person came and we had chosen a spot where setting up a fire for hot dogs. I had noticed people drive by a few times but my boyfriend pointed out each time was the same car and the man in the car watched us each time as he passed. 
My boyfriend was a little uneasy about this, but we had driven around for a while before finding a place we liked. It had been raining and everything was muddy and we wanted the driest sight possible. He could have been doing the same thing. We briefly thought about moving, but the road was muddy too. If he wanted to find us, all he had to do was follow the tracks. There were some other tracks, but not many. He'd only have to backtrack a little to locate us again. He didn't come by another time, so we stayed and spent the several remaining hours before dark goofing off. No one else drove by. Whether or not those two had anything else to do with our experience, the real fear came later. We had gone to sleep in our tent, and sometime around 3am we were awoken by this very loud noise. I can't describe it very well, or even remember exactly what it sounded like, but my boyfriend said it reminded him of a chain gun revving up. It was also similar to how it would sound if someone recorded a shovel being dragged over gravel and played it over a loudspeaker. That's another way he described it. He jumped up and looked out the little window, but couldn't really see anything. The sound repeated itself another few times. I was too scared to speak, so my boyfriend whispered that it was probably miles off and I should go back to sleep. I didn't question this as I figured loud sounds could be easily heard miles off. After we left, he told me it sounded like it had actually been coming from just down the road, but he didn't want to freak me out. Looking back, I probably should have wondered why he would bother to whisper if apparently the sound was far off. I was still terrified. Every little thing I heard outside sounded like someone was walking around the tent. We laid there for a while longer when finally my boyfriend told me to get dressed because we were leaving. Of course, I got alarmed by this, and even more alarmed when he unwrapped the machete we had bought just for this trip. We quickly packed up and loaded the car. I looked around for footprints that weren't our own, but despite the moon providing plenty of light, I couldn't really see. I did point out something my boyfriend hadn't noticed before we got into the car. There was a beer can by our dead fire that wasn't there before. We didn't even bring beer. While we were driving away, my boyfriend explained that he was nervous someone might have been trying to lure us out, so he didn't think it was a good idea to run from the tent right away. He also half expected to find gas tanks that had been siphoned out, but that wouldn't have stopped us because we had a hybrid car. We joked that would make a funny hybrid commercial. Number of brutal murders avoided by driving a hybrid, two. We only joked because we were about shitting ourselves from fear and adrenaline even then. The rest of our trip, we only stayed in one well-populated campsite, or got a hotel. Eerie Encounter I'm a 44-year-old male. This took place when I was 18. I still can't drive down back roads. I was driving in the deep south down a lonely stretch of road, heading to Hattiesburg to see family. I'm from Canada and only knew this way of getting there. I was currently in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, at 1 a.m. Well, driving, I could hear the sound of someone yelling. I had the window open. I know I shouldn't have, but I pulled over. I thought maybe someone needed help. I had a big mag light in the trunk of my car. I should point out this car was my first car and it was a piece of shit. I called out into the darkness, hello, is someone in trouble? I got no response, just an eerie silence. I heard something in the distance, 
It sounded like someone trying to sneak around without detection. I heard a slight, somewhat distant snap of a twig, followed by the sound of a voice. What are y'all doing in my part of the woods? Nobody goes in my part of the woods. I nearly pissed my pants. I started to sweat from fear. Um, please do not hurt me. I just thought someone needed help. Come here, son. I can't have anyone seeing what I'm doing. I ran around the front of my car and hopped in the driver's seat, mag light still in hand. I turned the key only for the car to sputter and die. Come on, you piece of shit. I half yelled. Not now. I turned the key again, hearing the car choke to life. I put it in drive and floored it. The car was leaving a trail of pollution like the car out of Uncle Buck. I looked in the mirror to see my worst nightmare. My heart started to race and skip beats as I saw headlights coming up fast. My car can only go about 80 miles per hour flat out. I came up on a bend. Given the shitty handling of my car, I had to slow down. As I braked, I felt a bump from behind. The vehicle behind me was clearly a truck, but I could not make out the driver due the headlights and the height of my truck. We rounded the bend and I put the pedal back down all the way. I heard the car's engine struggle to pick up revs. Slowly the car crept up to 80, all the while the truck kept mere inches from my bumper. I knew I was coming up on an intersection, so I decided I would try and shake the truck. We got to the intersection and I faked a turn. It worked initially, but as soon as I sped up from the faked turn, the truck swerved violently and started following very close again. The car struggled up to 80 again as I looked in the mirror again. The headlights were blinding. I felt another, bigger bump as the truck rammed me again. The car swerved slightly, but I corrected it with my adrenaline-fueled strength. I heard the truck rev up, readying for another ram. I swerved over to the opposite lane, the truck nearly losing control as it followed. Just then, I saw a road coming off. With the truck having fell so far back, I made my turn. I turned the car lights off and spun the car around, watching the road ahead. Sure enough, a big pickup truck roared past. I waited a good half hour before continuing on. I called the cops when I got to my family's house, but all they found was an abandoned house. Everything in the house was normal except one thing, a picture of my car. I've never taken a back road since. I saw what I think was the same truck a few weeks later in a gas station in Alabama. I've since bought a new car and have only visited that part of my family once since then.